Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today we're welcoming to the program author Richard Ruling, and he is the author of From Lockdown to Knockdown, The Fall of America. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available on our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author Show. Richard, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, and good to be with you. Thank you for this opportunity, Don. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I'm a retired MD who had the privilege of teaching health science at Loma Linda University, and I think I understand health better than most MDs. The word physician comes from physis, meaning nature, but we've turned from nature to prescription drugs, which is not nature. <laughs> Actually, it's a leading cause of illness and death, to be truthful, but I won't go into that right now. It's in my book and more. I had an MD, Grady Harp, top 100 reviewers on Amazon, who gave me five stars for the health stuff. So tell us about your book. Okay, the book has health in it, but it uses health as an example of how we are failing in health care. Medical care is not really health care. It's about prescription drugs, diagnosis, and treatment of problems. But health care is healthy habits. And if we do it right, we can add 10 years of life. And that's in the book, too. Going beyond, health is just one example of education and other systems that are failing in America. Government, religion, economy, etc. The U.S. has more people in prison than any other nation in the world per capita, etc. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience? Well, it sounds wrong to say my book is for everyone, but the Bible reminds us that what's coming will be as the days of Noah, and God wanted everybody to have a warning. Some might say that only eight people in the ark shows the message wasn't for everyone. It all depends on how we look at it. I think they all should have heard it. If people don't get a warning, they might blame God for what's coming, even though most of the trouble that comes is man-made. And God has a plan for most people that we don't hear about at church or mass on Sunday mornings. There are good reasons why most of the reviewers have given my book five stars. Readers like good information, and it's only $4.95 on Kindle, where they can click, look inside to read the introduction. So there's little to lose and so much to gain. It shouldn't be a hard decision. Now, could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Yes. If you Google the Great Disappointment, it was in 1844 when followers of a Baptist preacher gave two messages, a time of impending judgment and the bridegroom comes. But neither message fit as they expected. That's why it was the Great Disappointment. But their experience is foretold in Revelation 10, 10, and 11, where Christ said, prophesy again. The idea is that those messages would fit later, and I'm seeing that they will fit now in what's coming, and we have a high destiny if we study to fill a prophetic role. In short, good news and bad news, a time of judgment, but the book of Judges shows that they were deliverers, like Gideon, Samson, and God's going to deliver us, but we need to see how, and it's not about a quick snatch to heaven. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Well, marriage is a grand central theme in life. It tests our maturity, and a good marriage can mean great happiness, or it can be a disaster, depending on the choices we make. While Christians of all ages will be resurrected to be in the kingdom, Christ said the servant who is so doing when he comes 
can be ruler over all that he has, and the context is a wedding parable. The final generation has the opportunity of being the bride of Christ. Now, if you could compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? There's not only a book, but a great movie that millions have seen, The Ten Commandments, and the book is Exodus. Paul included the Exodus when he said all those things happened to them for examples written for us at the end of the world, 1 Corinthians 10. God punished Egypt for enslaving Israel, throwing their babies in the river, but the U.S. has enslaved most people in alcohol, tobacco, even prescription drugs are a form of bondage, and we have a rainbow of negative lifestyles, and the U.S. has thrown 60 million babies in the trash. We're worse than Egypt and more deserving of judgment that is impending. Now, what do you think it is that God wants to reveal to us? Well, Amos 3.7 says he won't do anything without revealing it. What do you think he wants to reveal? If you read the next verse, it says the lion has roared, who will not fear? Well, what's that about? It's about the lion of Judah. And there are three prophecies that help us understand this. The vision at the time of the end in Daniel 8.17 is a ram and goat conflict, and the goat flies from the west to break the horns of Media and Persia, but that's Iraq and Iran today, and we're there, okay? It's going to happen, and why? Well, because the Muslims take Jerusalem, as seen in Zechariah 14. Their dome of the rock on mosques says, Allah has no son, but suddenly the Lord is going to roar, the heavens and earth will shake, the Muslims will flee, and that earthquake, though, initiates the day of the Lord, the end-time period of judgment that will also impact the U.S., so what are the biblical contexts that would help us understand how to be ready? The earthquake that initiates the end times is also the knock in Luke's wedding parable, because the only other place that helps us understand that knock is Revelation 3.20, where Christ knocks for a lukewarm, materialistic church that ended in an earthquake. And the U.S. is like Egypt, throwing babies in the river. We should expect judgment along with Muslims when the Lord roars. The U.S. is really worse than Egypt at this point. So how does this fit with the vision that Gabriel said is at the time of the end? It was the ram and goat vision, and that vision shows the major players, suggests a sequence of events when end time begins. The goat gets angry because Muslims take the city, and it flies over there and breaks the horns. Iraq has already been broken, and Iran will be next. It's not about North Korea or some other minor player. From my perspective, it's not this year, but it's happening soon. Stay tuned. So where do the wedding messages fit with a time of impending judgment? In Egypt, actually. God came to Egypt as bridegroom as well as a judge. He executed judgment, took Israel to a covenant that he regarded as marriage. He later said, I'm married to you. Return to me in Jeremiah 3.14. The time of judgment is, in it, by the way, it takes good judgment to get a good bride. <laughs> and so they go together, and those who are ready will be come and be privileged to be the bride of Christ, I believe. So how do you explain the wedding parables that seem so different? Actually, there's one overlook that I've never heard a sermon on uh, in Luke 12. We all know the parable of the ten virgins, but they were all asleep with their lights out. They didn't understand. They, they didn't weren't ready for the cry, the bridegroom's coming, and suddenly they had to trim their lamps, and all, oops, foolish, didn't even have enough oil. The other parable, Matthew 22, the king sends his servants to bid people to the wedding, but the invitation is scorned and ridiculed, and why would you do that if you know it's the king's invitation? We're not understanding the wedding parables, basically. So doesn't it seem strange to you that we aren't supposed to know when? Well, yes, it does seem strange. 
Every summons to judgment and every wedding invitation has a date and time. And I think we have misunderstood, bad translation, to say when Christ told disciples, you don't know or understand, we extrapolate that to us. We can never know, won't know, etc. Well, in reality, each time he said that, he gave examples from a 9-11 law. Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11, for Passover, time of judgment, a month later, as in the days of Noah. Or like a man traveling to a far country. Israelites didn't travel in winter, but if they took a long trip in the spring, they couldn't get back, and they were to keep it a month later. Because Passover represented judgment, and we can't escape it. We, we all face it at some point. Those clues from Christ help us to realize there will be a judgment for Jews at Passover when Muslims take the city. But when the Lord roars from Jerusalem, I believe it'll be a month later as the days of Noah or like a man traveling to a far country, because Christ took the journey to heaven, he will return for judgment in harmony with his law. He said the law is in effect till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle will pass from the law. So in your opinion, what should we do to be ready for what's coming? I believe from Luke 12 that he promises a huge blessing if we are watching when he knocks. And actually, it would be unfair for Christ to ask us or tell us to watch the word means, Gregorio, be awake, if there wasn't some specific time to be awake. We can't be awake every night. That's not a good health issue. Passover was the only night they did it. They did it in Egypt. They were to eat the Passover lamb and leave nothing till morning. Christ asked his disciples, watch with me. Couldn't you watch one hour? Well, we could do that, you know, at least till midnight. You know, uh, that's when uh, things happened. And I believe it was midnight in Egypt, too, when, uh, it, uh, when death fell on the Egyptians. I have learned that I'm not much better than the disciples. I fall asleep trying to pray. Review the closing scenes of Christ's life. Eat the lamb spiritually. Read the Bible or a, a good biography. We can stay awake, pray between chapters, and be ready for him when he comes on the eve of second Passover. That's as the days of Noah. Now, the Bible seems to give lots of signs. How do you explain them to make any sense? In 2015, there were a whole half dozen of signs, and when then nature. The sun will be darkened, moon turned to blood before the day of the Lord, but there was a rare solar eclipse followed by a blood moon on Passover, and before means panim, facing the day of the Lord. It's, in other words, those are facing in the near future. When you see peace and safety, sudden destruction is coming. That was the Iran nuclear deal. Christ said, when you see an abomination standing where it ought not, in Mark 13, verse 14. Christians know that there was a new definition of marriage in the Supreme Court, standing where ought not there, and the Pope was standing in Congress, ought not to be standing there to tell us how to run this country. All of those signs, I believe, were an eight-year warning like Joseph gave to Pharaoh. He said there's going to be seven good years, and then eighth-year famine is coming, seven bad years after that, actually. He didn't use the word eighth. They were following the seven good years. So do you have any perspective from the Bible on the COVID situation? Yes, I do. If you were to Google the word physicians, or not Google, but search a concordance online for physicians, plural, every reference to physicians is negative. Joseph asked the physicians to embalm his father when he died. Well, that tells you that they must be losing so many patients, they also do the embalming. Christ said the, the woman with an issue of blood spent all her money on the physicians, and she was no better. In Revelation 18, we find the word that Babylon has fallen come out of her and by her sorceries, but the Greek word is pharmakia, that deceives all nations. Pharmacy deceives us. We think our symptoms are gone, 
but really they have not addressed the underlying issue and we can still die early. There's a host of adverse drug reactions that could set in. Actually, medical care is a leading cause of death as well as illness, basically. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? Anyone who is serious about their faith and who wants to know more about what's coming than they hear on Sunday morning at the uh, church. Do you have a website? I have a website, thefallofamerica.blog, and there is a blog on it that has news notes as well as uh, just scroll down. I also have a website on Amazon. If you put in my name, uh, Richard Ruling, R-U-H-L-I-N-G, in the book section of Amazon, you can find my book easily. If you have Kindle, that's the preferred method, I think, and it's less than the price of a meal. So thank you for giving it a look. It's a meal for your mind. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Richard Ruling, and he is the author of From Lockdown to Knockdown, The Fall of America. Richard, thanks very much for being with us today. My privilege. God bless you, and thank you so much for the opportunity. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many more. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.